Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar. I'm your host. Uh, this week, I check in with Mike Carell, the ex-co-host of the Dark Art Society and the uh, co-founder of the Dark Art Society. And uh, he's got some cool projects he wanted to promote, and we haven't talked in a while, so I thought it would be cool to have him on. And um, uh, yeah, had a good conversation. A little bit tired. I'm a little bit tired right now. I got up at 5.30 this morning. Oh, my God. I'm trying to get on an early schedule again because I just cannot deal with this. I'm not, I don't do well on the late schedules. I mean, I'm naturally a night person, but I can't get as much done when I do a late schedule. Well, that's not true. I can't. I basically eat late when I stay up late. And so I don't want to be fat anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, I, I, I got to get, start getting up early, going to bed early. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I'm doing it for my health. You could say, um, but I do be, mentally, I, I, I feel better when I go to bed early, get up early. I don't know. It's totally goes against my nature though. Kind of sucks. But uh, anyway, um, so that's coming up. I, uh, let's see, I've been um, the same, same old story, shipping books out, dystopia books. Um, that's pretty much it. Doing some studies. Got some studies back here. If you're watching the video podcast, you can see. Um, got a, a new series figured out for the, my show in Copro that I'm excited about. And um, so I'm working on those, just kind of designing some paintings, uh, dealing with some older commissions like this one right here. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just a constant catch up. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be playing catch up all year and probably won't get it all done, but hopefully I'll get most of it done and get the books out. Books will definitely be out this year. Um, I mean, they're almost, I'm almost halfway done. So, but yeah, it's taken a lot out of me. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work and expensive as hell. So anyway, um, oh, and I just uh, minted another NFT on super rare, which is exciting because super rare is a really exclusive, fancy um, NFT site that I was able to get on. It's really hard to get on. So I uh, animated the ego death painting and it came out really good. I'm really happy with it and uh, just minted that today. So hopefully that will sell for some big bucks. And what else? that's it. Just trying to, you know, trying to plug along keep things going um yeah let's uh just get on with the interview i'm still pretty tired i was tired during this interview too i don't the last couple of days i've been kind of wiped out but um let's go for the new subscribers on patreon oh i know what i was gonna say um we have a a, a sponsor now we have a new sponsor the skull shop um 
we have to figure it out. It's probably not going to start until next month, but I think I'm going to do like, uh, I, I have to fix the the tiers on the Patreon because they've been out, out of date for a long time since Mike left, really. So um, <clears throat> I think what I'm going to do is for the $5 and up people, every month they're going to be entered for a chance to uh, get a skull, a free skull from the skull shop. So um, the, I, I uh, love this idea because I'm a big fan of theirs. And those are the only skulls I have are skull shop skulls, I believe, because they, they make amazing skulls. So, um, but I'll keep you posted on that. That's just kind of a fun, fun little thing. I think we're going to be doing. So anyway, if you want to join, you could join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash dark art society support the podcast and get your name read on the air get in the discord get on the facebook page although i have to say i haven't been on on facebook much lately i've been spending more time in the discord but it is there for those who want it and it and at this point it's more active than the discord but i think hopefully we'll we'll get we'll port everyone over to the discord and because every day people people I know hate hate Facebook more and more. So okay. New subscribers. We left off with Hodawick. And we've got Jacob Cannell. Thank you, Jacob. We've got Christopher Hormander. Thank you, Christopher. And Nono Rama. Thank you, Nono Rama. Appreciate it. You're making it happen. Um, I guess that's it. I can't think of anything else exciting that's going on. So let's get uh, into it with this exciting interview with Mike Carell. There was a couple glitches because of Mike's connection, but um, we just rolled with it. And for the video podcast folks, the last, I guess, two thirds of it, Mike's videos off. <laughs> so you're just going to see a, a screen with his name on it and my face when I talk, I think. I haven't checked it out yet. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, here we go with Mike Carell. Hope you enjoy it. What's up, Mike? Hey, dude, what's up? Just trying to wake up still trying to wake up see we that that was a pre-roll that we should have recorded because uh no wait i'm glad we didn't yeah yeah <laughs> sorry everybody no old school pre-roll recurring for you this time that was all very personal we chad and i haven't talked in forever so this is going to be this is that was like catch up and now we actually have to do the real thing right right so because i mean the last time i talked to you was probably when we did this i think we've only talked like once between then for real talked Right, right. Aside from Discord and all that other stuff. <clears throat> yeah, that's not really talking, though. Not really. No. So, how you doing? What's new? What's up? <laughs> What's going on I'm with good. you? I'm good. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I think everybody feels that way right now, right? I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. Like, I'm sure that, you know, the, the world, Chaos. yeah, it just continues to get more and more crazy, right? Yeah. So, more I don't know. Chaotic. I can't help it. I can't help. I've been so what, what you asked me, what's up? One of the things that's up that we didn't just talk about, which so this will be more interesting to you <laughs> and hopefully the <laughs> listening audience is uh, that I've been working on this book, Sports Ball, right? 
Uh-huh. And I've been writing this thing since March of 2020. And it's not, you know, no one's going to see it for God knows how long, right? Because I'm still writing it and you right. know how that goes. So it's nothing that's coming out, but still I'm super excited about it. It's like my passion project right now, right? And, uh, and you know how it is, you come and go from it. And me as a writer, I come and go from things. So it's like, I was really excited about it. And I wrote like this whole entire huge section and you've read it. Yeah. And then that section of it anyway. And then, you know, I took a break and life happened and I was in North Carolina on crazy farm and you know, all yeah, that right. was going on. Which if you want to hear about crazy farm, North Carolina, listen to the last time I was on the show. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't work on it for a bit. Right. And then I came back to it and then went away from it. And now I'm back on it again. And I've started a whole new section on it. And the thing just to give people a foothold into it. So it's like a not so sci-fi sci-fi in the sense that it's based on reality, but it's totally a string theory. So it's not like anything that is happening, but it's like, it's a, it could happen kind of right. thing. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's super creepy and that's why I like it. But um, a lot of the things that I have suggested in it since March of 2020 have rapidly transpired in our world. So it's kind of been a, a disturbing, although fun project to work on because why? I'm watching these things happen. Why, why did you choose sports? Like a sport thing as your focus. <laughs> that's the weirdest part to me is like, why would that be the main part of it? sports ball because you're not like a sports guy are you i know isn't it so weird that i it, <laughs> isn't it weird yeah right i asked myself the same question for god's sakes why it's just a random why? thing you well, just no, decided no, or no you know why because it's the the main guy is a sports ball player and that's right. the only sport that's around anymore because the whole story the premise of the story is that they've gotten rid of all other sports and there's only one sport now and it's called sports ball <laughs> so it's it's laughable i'm laughing because it's so dumb right but it's it's really what it is is like that's kind of a diversion to what's really going on in the story it's just what the story revolves around i have no idea where it came from i really don't like Uh this is this is kind of like you know how for you black magic was like a gift that painting Mm -hmm. for you where it was just like boom right that's what this book is there's something that already Mm -hmm. exists and all i'm doing is fleshing it out you know what i mean like there's Mm -hmm. a seed and everything in the seed is already the tree. I just have to help get it to the, the right. stage through the stages. So it's like it's unfolding as any good piece of art should, I think. Right. right it's unfolding yeah. for me. Um, and I have no idea why it ended up who this guy Jance Lute is and sports ball. Now, as I write it, I learn more and more. So it's a process of self-discovery for me. Right. Yeah. Because as I go along, I discover Oh, okay. So that's what this is really about. And the most recent thing, which on the dark side Patreon that I that I have unveiled for people, is what happens to the winning and losing teams of this game sports ball at the end of uh, of of the big bowl at the end of the, mm-hmm. you know when they've all competed and they get to the end. Now the irony of this is that I never actually really talk about the game at all, and so um, it's like I talk all around it, but it never oh. I never actually talk. And the only the first time I've ever talked about the game, except for chance loot just generally talking about it is this event where it talks about what happens at the end of the uh the big bowl as it's as, as it is so cool. yeah it's but it's been a really fun project because it's leading me down interesting pathways and it's a discovery process for me but it's super disturbing too because i'm watching again some of the things that i suggested might transpire in our world oh you're frozen you're frozen <laughs> so Hold on a minute. You're frozen. Uh, you know, disturb all, all at once but all because um, you froze. Did I freeze too? Yeah. Did I freeze? Yep. Okay. You're frozen. I can hear you. Oh, there you go. You're not. I can hear you now. 
but your face is still frozen. Huh. Uh, now you're moving. Yeah, now we're good. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't happen move, too much. Move my head for you so you can see if I'm moving or not. Yeah, now you froze. <laughs> now you're good. Well, yeah. I can't guarantee. That's why I don't do video that often. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as your voice is. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Oh, you're good. I don't know you're if good. the video is going to work or not. You're good. You're good. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you fine. It's oh, just okay. your video keeps freezing. So you'll be okay. like frozen and I can hear you talking. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's frozen on your end because it's it's I'm good on my end, you, okay. you know, so uh, I'm the one recording it. So as long as you can hear me talking. Yeah. I don't yeah. know when I, I was telling you about sports ball and I broke up and how exciting the whole process. Yeah. Is yeah. Doing yeah. Sports ball. But one of the things I don't think that I got to say was that uh, I'm finding now as I get older that I'll intentionally write out dynamics from my life into characters and utilize that as a way to sort out things that happened in my life. And so it's become like a new page in the book for me where I'm intentionally doing it because I, I know I was always doing it. I think we all figure that out. It's like, oh, wait, we're taking all this stuff that's unconscious and repackaging it. And then maybe we have a discovery later. Right. But rather now I'm channeling it in such a fashion as to intentionally go back through events that were traumatic in my life, but do it through my characters in such a fashion that I can kind of readjust it and see maybe it go a different way or oh, have it cool. go the same way, but learn from it, you know? So it's been yeah, really, yeah. it's been that's cool. It's been a really gratifying process. Kind of a, a therapeutic approach to writing, really. If you can kind of like rewrite it, rewrite the ending of something, you know, rewrite the outcome in a way. To, yeah. to sort of like vicariously experience it in a new way. That's a pretty cool yeah. idea. Yeah. Or even write it the same way in order mm -hmm. to just go through that emotional process, process. Especially yeah. if you haven't like processed. I, you know what? I, 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 I want to tell you this real quick. Mm -hmm. A new character has developed in dystopia. Oh, yeah. The, uh, 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 wait, what am I? Uh, so zombie death bots zombie death bots yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole entire new uh a new, new uh, type or a class yeah yeah it's like robots made from cadavers oh yeah i've seen i've seen some of these on your uh, patreon yeah i love it you know that fits in so well with i can't shut up about this everyone okay so everyone that's listening to anything that i'm on right now is going to hear too much about ancient aliens um, but that <laughs> show is amazing entertainment. I can't get over it, dude. I've been binging it. We've that been dude with the crazy it. hair. I forgot his yeah, name. Giorgio Sukulos. <laughs> he came by. He came by my booth at uh, Monster Palooza one time, and he was checking my workout. And I talked to him for a minute. <laughs> nice. I had a friend actually who saw him at, at Monster Palooza and didn't have nice things to say about him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, really? He's. I, I won't go into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, loving the show. It's just been our binge worthy show lately. Cause are you watching so... old episodes or is it like new episodes? Yeah. We started from the beginning. Cause I never watched any of it. I had never yeah, seen I've never it. Really like, seen I just it. discovered it. Right. And the reason is Jeff Bradford. It's your fault, Jeff, if you're listening. Um, but he was like, dude, you got to watch the show. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch the show. So we started watching it, but now I just can't stop. And there's really? like 150 episodes or something. We've watched like 100 plus episodes <laughs> in a row. I'm not joking. Um, but it, Death Bots, dude, I love them. Those, are, those fit right into Ancient Aliens because the show is so great. Okay, so there, there's three categories in the show. There's the... <laughs> There's the duh, obviously, where I'm watching and I'm like, well, yeah, duh, obviously. And then there, <laughs> and then there's the, 
hmm, interesting, right? And then there's a lot of those. And then there's the, oh my God, you got to be fucking kidding me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's those three categories and all of them are equally as entertaining. Right. It doesn't matter yeah, which yeah, category yeah. it falls into. So it's super, uh, I love it. It's like, my, and then I'm reading HG Wells at the same time. So my whole, my head is just booming with insane science fiction stuff as well as very probable science fiction stuff. And so all of that's filtering, of course, into sports ball. So it's, it's, it's becoming a wild house over there in the sports ball world. Wow. I think that the sports ball thing is a joke, really, Chet. Um, my friend, Sean McKinney, I'll give you a shout out, Sean, if you listen. Sean McKinney, when I met Sean McKinney, we had just come to Brookings, Oregon. Joy and I had been full-timing for just under a year, nine months. We met Sean, and Sean's not a sports guy, and neither am I. And he called all sports sports ball. That was his thing. He would be oh, like, okay. oh, yeah, you're, you're he's like that one of those sports balls or whatever. And it was a joke. It became an inside joke. Right. And then at some point in time, when this book started, it started as this one line that one day at my cabin sitting there. My, well, that's not my cabin, my parents cabin. And it the first line of this book is sports ball just isn't what it used to be. It's the first <laughs> line of the book. Right. That's just that's how it started. I don't have any idea. You know what I mean? But that's how it started. And then inevitably, I had to call it sports ball. So it wasn't like an intentional joke between me and my friend. But now as it's gone on, it's revealing to me what it really is about. And I can't say too much because I don't want to spoil the book for people that may eventually read it. Um, well, that's cool. But yeah, it's it's again, it's artsy, right? It's what I do. And since I can't share with you all in the same way that all you visual artists, you guys are in a special club, you visual artists. I, well, I can yeah. make a film, but it takes, you know, four years to make one film. And so or, yeah. you share that's a very different thing. Yeah, what, same you know. with writing, you know. That's why writers yeah. have it so tough. It's like you share something. It's like, okay, here's what I'm working on. Take Stop what you're doing for an hour yeah. and read this. It's like and it's hard this. to do. It's like it's hard for me to read stuff I really want to read, you know. And Yeah. And, uh, well, that's why I did. That's why audiobooks. Emails. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Audi audiobooks are kind of the answer, but... Yeah. I don't like, you know, as much as I, I do listen to audiobooks and podcasts and stuff, I much prefer reading. I've I'm, I'm always been like a, a reader. I love to read. The whole process of reading is so much fun to me. And it's, it's like, so I just awesome. never do it anymore. I never do it because I just, you know, I just haven't made the time for it. But yeah, to, you know, it's better than movies for sure. Because like yeah, when you go into your own definitely. imagination, and that's the trippy thing like the I books think are about always reading is it's like, Readings like by location where you exist in two places because you're you know you're there looking at the pages and you're reading the words, but then at a given point in time it's kind of seamless. It's like dreaming. You go into this space where now you've forgotten that you were reading and you're experiencing it, and then it's something will disturb you as to almost like waking, and you come back, and then all of a sudden you're you know you're just reading these words on this page. Yeah. It's so magical. It's fucking yeah. extra dimensional. Yeah, yeah. You get an you, you know I've sat and just read went to go read for 20 minutes and then ended up just blowing my whole day reading yeah you know like eight well, hours it's so great. i read every night before i go to bed pretty much oh, that's cool you know is that's we'll we'll watch a show but we'll stop early enough that we can read for however long and of course if you're tired if you're up on the side of a hill stringing barbed wire down you know a degree like that and you know, you've got holes in your hands and you've been busting your ass all day then yeah you're pretty tired and you just fall asleep but i always read a little bit i get the book out and, yeah you know, give it my go so I've been reading this H.G. Wells series. It's like a, you know, a tome. And it's got all these different stories in a row, all the classics, you know what I mean? A Time Machine and oh, yeah. uh, uh, War of the Worlds and Island of Dr. Moreau, which I joked with you. I had no idea. You know, I mean, you're the one that turned me on to Devo, but I had no idea. And I was reading Dr. Moreau and, and they're, they're all down in this cave. There's a, these are like creatures just to explain to people that are listening what the fuck I'm talking about. 
Island Dr. Moreau, story by H.G. Wells, there are these creatures that he's making through vivisection, which is to say they're alive, but he's altering them and doing all this stuff to try to make them into humans as he's humanizing these animals, making them into anthropomorphs. And there are all these ones that are th thrown away, cast away, that haven't done well, basically, because they all resort back to animalism, ultimately. Mm -hmm. And so they're living in these caves. And the, this guy that ends up on the island, it's not even supposed to be there, he stumbles upon them in, in running away from having seen a vivisection and thinking that he's the next experiment. He runs out, stumbles into this whole tribal clan of these creatures in these caves, and they're chanting all these different things. And one of the things they're chanting is, are we not men? Yeah. <laughs> are we not men? And right then I had this like, Doo! Yeah, well, that's the whole I mean? that's the whole concept of devo de-evolution. Yeah, de-evolution. Like people yeah. are, are turning back into their animal exactly. natures. It's going yeah. backwards, not forward. Yeah, so yeah, I had so the aha there. The whole thing <laughs> came together via HG. And he wrote this in like, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, that's um, amazing. His stuff's pretty awesome. Some of it is is uh, painfully, painfully racist. Uh, but, really? But, oh, man, I'm not joking. Like one of the ones I just finished, what was it? I'm going to have to look at the name and tell you. Um, I don't remember now because it, it's a huge book and there's a bunch of them. There's like 36 mm -hmm. short. So wow. some of them are very short. It was a very short one, but oh, man. <laughs> it's like you know lovecraft is the same way man it's like yeah whoa. it was the era it was the era yeah yeah, yeah. it was it's just weird that it was you know shocking was... now shocking. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know <laughs> totally shocking yeah i was shocked but again I mean, you know it's yeah i mean that's this is there's going to be a lot of things that are shocking nowadays in a in hundred years if we're still oh, here. yeah totally. you know there's going to be like that's the point right there I still, I, I, you know, you know, I, I, uh, you may not agree, but I, I, um, you know, to me, it's like the idea of eating animals is going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they fucking were farming and killing animals in this, you know, it's just so, it, to me, it's like, I, I cannot get, I can't get beyond it. And I really feel like, in the future, it's going to be looked at as this kind of barbarism in the same way that like, uh, you know, people used to do animal sacrifices and we look at totally, human sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. it's totally plausible. It's totally plausible. But I mean, we look we look back on lobotomies now, which yeah. is not that long ago that we're talking 25, 30 years. I know, you know, I mean? I know. They were still so going on crazy. when I was a kid. I know. Um, and we look back at that and we're like, or, I can't believe or, it. But at the or, time, that was legitimate. It was like, this is a legitimate way to handle right mental disorder or know? war war is another thing that you know people are gonna look back and be like what the fuck you know people were if we ever get to get past that maybe we'll never get past that point i don't know but it just seems like you know especially with this you know, russia ukraine thing it's like it feels so so backwards <clears throat> to to just watching the footage and seeing people just blowing pe up, people up blowing up civilians it's like it's so it's evil <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it evil is. there's like no I, I there's no way of going like okay i, I understand agree. that it's just like it's destructive it's anti-life you yeah. know and uh hopefully we, hopefully we get get past that at some point i don't know i don't know it's right some, no some... it's terrifying i mean just last night on ancient aliens <laughs> we were, <laughs> they were uh, they were just showing footage and they were talking about the nuclear everything's box. run They're... through the fil filter of ancient aliens. yeah of course <laughs> of course right it's apophenia at its best um but uh it was it was interesting because they were talking about you know of course nuclear explosions and inevitably they had to show nagasaki and hiroshima you know and talk about the two hundred thousand so, people yeah. that were immediately annihilated 
crazy, so, you right? Know, again, who cares about the alien part? But that you know, to think about that, and it's important to look at history and remember these things because otherwise we will repeat it. I personally, you know, don't get me wrong, I would love to see a world where conflict is not a part of this plane. And I and I think that it's possible. But there's also a part of me that doesn't think it's plausible anymore. Because I, I mean, it seems like this plane, this particular model is actually part of what's built into it is conflict. That that's necessary. That's what I was. You know what? I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I think I said this. I don't know. One or two podcasts ago. Um, it's kind of like maybe it will never end because life has to fight to survive. It's like it's built in the. It's built in the DNA of what life what life is on this planet is about struggling and, you know, just like the animal thing, eating another animal to survive and killing to survive. It's not like yep. what grows without killing something else or what grows without what lives without the destruction of something else. It doesn't exist yeah. really, even on the lower levels, yeah. even on like the, the, you know, molecular levels, all and, levels. Yeah. So it's like life feeds, life feeds life. Right. right? So it's <laughs> kind of like, maybe, it maybe it can't not on, not on this plane. Not like you're saying, not on this. Yeah. That's the, the that that's a, a part of me feels that way. And I hate there's to, a part I of hate, me that yeah. doesn't feel that way. So, <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's okay. Okay. In, of itself. There's your conflict. Right. Right. Myself. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, it's like a, uh, uh, but it's more of a dualistic view of reality in a way where you're oh, yeah. viewing. Um, it's a things. binary perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is definitely, you know, well, we would say one would say <laughs> one would say that it stands to reason that the evidence around us suggests that we we exist in a binary structure, right? I mean, most things seem to reciprocate that. Um, now, I don't I don't think that. I think we're in a tertiary, which is to say that I think there's often three forces at play, not two. So you might say there's positive and negative, sure, and those that's binary. But I think there's neutrality, and I think it is a force unto itself. Well, idle. yeah, but I think you know the idea of of uh, binary is is an idea too. It's an observation. It's a perspective, which sure. is, you know, the whole thing about Taoism and Eastern philosophy and stuff is like not duality is an illusion. And, yeah, and, and, you know, those ego death experiences and having those, you know, uh, intense psychedelic experiences or even just like a religious experience or whatever you want to call it enlightenment. That's when you, your perspective shifts from seeing things in a dual duality, uh, through duality lenses and seeing them as it's not, it's actually not duality. It's no, you see it as multiplicity you or you, everything is one thing. It, it's it's like, uh, or, or every, or the opposite. Everything is one thing. Yeah. One or the other. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. But anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> same, <laughs> same thing where you're always back to the same thing. Cause you can only talk around it. You can't talk yeah, about yeah. it. That's why it's funny because I love the religions and the philosophies that deal with perception insofar as they say that it's all an illusion and so we shouldn't, you know, we, we shouldn't become attached to it. And, right. and I love all these concepts. Um, but in action, it's funny because it's impossible for us to have anything other than a psychedelic experience, which is mind manifesting, because it's all filtered through our mind. And there's no way to differentiate between external and internal legitimately. Right. It was our, all of our filters. So even our special consensuses that we create are all based on the mind filter, which is perception. Right. And so we, there is no absolute. It's impossible for us, at least. It's unknowable for us. Anyhow. Right. 
even if only unknown, maybe for others, who's to say? Well, I mean, I don't want to get too far in the weeds. I want to talk about your book because you got a book. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't want people to, I don't want to get to your book too well, late, too nice late in the game where everybody's you know, like, Oh God, get... they're going to talk like yeah, yeah, this exactly. for an hour. Fuck this. You know so tell I mean? me, cause this is exciting to me. This is exciting. Well, thanks. To me that you got, I appreciate like, that. The, uh, you got a book, you got a book that's out. You got a book. Yeah. And it's, and it, it was cool. Tell me, tell funny. us about the book. Cause okay, no, a lot of book. people don't know that you've got a book out and aside, yeah, from, true. aside from dystopia, which we are going to do a dystopia podcast. Once I am ready to fully do the promotional push of dystopia, because that book is done and, and Mike wrote it and it's amazing. But uh, so Mike will be back sooner soon hopefully, because I need to get all these books. And we'll be but, focused on talking about how we actually came about dystopia. So yeah, it'll be really yeah. interesting. It won't be a philosophical, like Plato, Plato platonic <laughs> conversation. Right? <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, it, uh, in the meantime, Mike's got another book, which is amazing. So tell I do. everything about it. So assume we don't know anything about this book. All right, I will do so. So this book is called Abandoned Sulphur, Louisiana. And Sulphur, Louisiana is a place that Joy and I discovered when we first sold our house and took on this full-time RV life, which is when I left the Dark Art Society podcast. So we left that, we did this, and we end up our second stop. And really, it was kind of like our first park. Well, not really. It was our first park. Your first um, RV park? Where we actually stayed for, yeah, first, I'm sorry, first RV park. It was actually a parish park, Calcasieu Parish in Sulphur, Louisiana. It's called Holbrook Park. And we had been on the beach in Corpus Christi, Texas, and we just been we we left New Mexico. Oh, yeah. We drove fourteen <laughs> hours to the beach. Yep. Hold on, hold on. You're frozen. You're frozen. Wait a minute. No, good. <laughs> we had to get out of quick. We were and stuff. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. I'll wait until I'm a little bit. I'll be like, look, I'm not looking that way. I'm oh here we go. Here it comes. Maybe I should just turn off my video. Turn off your video just, and then you here, can turn it just, back on later. I'm gonna go like this. So everyone will just watch wait, me wait, watch now? me responding to your uh your audio. Okay. Okay. I can where'd you go? I see me. Right. So can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. So, so it'll be hello, a little hello, less. Hello. Uh oh. Hello. hello. You can't. I can You can't hear me. Yeah, you can hear me. Yeah, yeah, everything's good. <laughs> you just spoke in like super fast. It did catch up. Okay, okay, I think we're good. All right, are we good? <laughs> yes. Go for okay, it. Yeah, you were like, you're all everything's good. It all looks down. I was like, whoa, dude, what's going on? Okay, so we're good. Sorry, guys, if yes. you're watching the video. Okay, so. So we were in Corpus Christi, Texas. We were on the beach and the tide came in and it was like five o'clock at night and we did not plan on leaving the beach. We were going to be there for the night you know? mm -hmm. and the tide just kept coming up and then eventually it was under our rigs. So we were like moved and got onto the road and we were like, okay, um, I guess we're leaving. So we just took off at like five o'clock at night and we drove for 13 hours and ended up at Holbrook Park in Sulphur, Louisiana. Just randomly? And yeah, well, okay, not randomly. So Joy, the whole time we were driving, she's on her phone and she's doing research where we can stay. Because right. I don't, I'm just driving. She's yeah, the she's, navigator. She's the right? navigator, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> so she's looking up places we can stay. And we pull into a park that is on a, a bay by an oil refinery. And we were not going to stay there, dude. It was like, I kid you, you not, it was it was terrifying. Like yeah, there was I, an abandoned house with a mattress that was like, 
with needles and yeah, it was bad. So we smoked a cigarette and then we left and, um, and then we tried another spot again, no good. So we drove around all night looking for spots. We actually got lost down by a, a chemical plant and couldn't get out. And we were like 46 feet long. And it was, it was oh dicey. It was dicey. We documented all of it, of course, for the patrons. Um, so we got out of there. We finally ended up at this Holbrook park because joy just kept picking new spots, kept picking new spots. So we pull into this park and it's like four in the morning. It's still dark out. And we don't know, you know, like, I don't want to wake anybody up and it's pretty full. So we pulled around to the back of the parking lot and kind of just hung out until the park host caught up. Well, long story short, we became really good friends with these people. And I'd never been to Louisiana. Joy has her bloodlines go back to the Acadian people, also known by themselves fondly as Cajuns. Um, mm-hmm. but don't say that unless you're a Cajun, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we're down there. We meet these people and they're incredible. And they suggest that they have some abandoned places they can show me because I told them I had this book for Font Hill Media that's, you know, abandoned locations. Whoa, so they whoa, take- whoa, whoa, whoa that's the first we've heard of that of what about this abandoned locations book yeah well that's what i'm talking about no i know but i mean you had you are you talking about a different a book that you liked that already was published or you're not i'm confused no i'm talking about the people that helped me go and find all the locations to shoot for my book abandoned sulfur louise right yeah but what's when when did that happen <laughs> when did no, no, i'm talking all... about the book the book part of it like getting the deal oh the okay i see i see so they the, the fawn hill media had reached out to me and said prior, hey, prior to all this yeah okay, yeah okay yeah. yeah that's what that's what we want to know too because like what this is oh, crazy okay. I, didn't, I didn't know that part with that part was important so yeah i'll tell you that part so, yeah, so Fawn Hill Media had seen photographs that I had shot on Instagram of abandoned places. Oh, no way. And Yeah, and they were like, this is great. We want, we, do you want to do a book for us? And I was like, well, yeah, of course I want to do a book. And there was no strings attached. It was basically like, do this book, sign the contract. We'll make it. We'll do everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all you have to do is shoot the imagery. And so, and write, write the book. And I was like, okay, great. So we're down there and I find out from them that they, you know, have some cool locations around that they could show us. Mm-hmm. And so the Harry Louvier and Edna Bell Veroni, who are the, the two real people that became very close with down there, they took us out, Harry took us out and started showing us like abandoned cemeteries and his abandoned family household that had been like in the, the family lineage for generations and the roofs all caved in and uh, showed us all these locations. So we went out and just shot them, you know, took all mm-hmm. this photography. We also met this other guy at the park named Dion uh, Richard, and it's actually spelled Richard, but they, they it's pronounced Richard. Right. <laughs> there. Yeah, it's not Richard, it's Richard. And uh <laughs> He took us out and showed us some other locations. He took us to an abandoned road, U.S. Highway 90, Mike Hooks Road, that's a raised road because it went above waterways. And it used to go to Lake Charles from this this other area, Sulphur, well, Moss Bluff in Westlake, technically. But uh, the road is abandoned and it's completely fallen in on itself. So it's like raised above, but it's like all broken apart in all these different places like it's so cool looking and like all the pillars that are down in the water, all the concrete's gone and all the rebars all rusted out from the mm-hmm. salt water. It's just like really cool places. So 
he took us around and then we just went out on our own too while we were there so two week period we just went crazy abandoned sulfur louisiana style and just went and explored anything we could basically and we were exploring stuff that you know if there was no signs that said not to go in then I would just go in. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas like, if there guy. was, yeah. Whereas <laughs> if there was a sign, I was respectful. I was like, right. you know, a sign said this, I'm yeah. not here to mess anybody's stuff up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were places that were really cool that I wanted to go into, but I had to cover them from the outside. You know what I mean? Just because journalistically it's, it's, you know, it's the, it's the right thing to do. It's the right, right. ethics, you know? So I, I respected all of, all of the fine lines, but nevertheless, I just got to really see some cool stuff because stuff that you would never know otherwise, because these people are locals and they've been there forever. Their family's mm-hmm. literally been there so long. They don't even know when they weren't, when they were from French Canada, you know what I mean? Right. So uh, yeah, so it was really cool. So we did all the, the photography for it and we made the deal with Font Hill and then COVID happened. So we had left there. We were over here in Southern California and COVID happened and all of a sudden the wheels came to a grinding halt, uh, you know what I mean? And nothing yeah. was going to happen with the book. And so of course I just left it, left it alone, you know, and then time went along and all of a sudden they wanted the book, you know, and I was like, okay, let's do it. And so I wrote all the copy cause I hadn't, I just, I wanted to write the copy when I was in the heat of it, you know, cause I want to make this book. I want the copy to pair so well with the imagery that I don't need captions on the images. Right. And that was actually something that I had to work hard to talk them into because they were very much not pleased about the idea of not having captions. They were right. like, and I was like, I want it to be more like an art book where like, you look at the image and you decide for yourself, you interpret it as the viewer, but you interpret it through the lens of the copy I've written. So that mm-hmm. then you have an idea of where it exists, but I don't want to tell them exactly under each underneath each image. Like this is a, you know what I mean? A mm. window, a broken window at the Louvier family homestead. I don't know. Right. That's just like, I'd rather leave that open to the interpretation of my audience. And I think that this company Font Hill media props to you. They're also, they're a subsidiary of America through time. And they do historical books generally. So they work right. with like books about airplanes from World War II and stuff like that. Right. This is a special release that's this abandoned America that they're doing and America through America through time. And so I don't think they've encountered as many artists as much as they have historians. And right. so we had to, you know, negotiate that. Ultimately, though, they pretty much gave me final cut on it. And they, you know, they did the editorial work and uh, they, they paired up with Arcadia Publishing, who's putting it out. And now it's coming out this month and it comes out actually on the 25th of this month. And it's right now I can, I just looked it up the other day and it's on Barnes and Noble. So that's fun for me because I've never yeah. had a book come out in my whole entire life. And I've written a lot of stuff. Um, and like you said <laughs> earlier, and I said to the audience, it's frustrating as a writer um, because you really can't get your words out to people in the same way. Whereas if you have a book and there's imagery and then it's around in the house, the likelihood is over a period of time, someone's going to pick it up and read some of it, you know, and look at the images. And then that's, it's doing its job. Then it's, it's become, it's reached its audience and that's all an artist wants anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm super excited about it. Of course, Mm -hmm. like overflowing with excitement. Um, But of course, at the end of the day, it's not my book. I mean, I'm, you know, copyright Mike Carell. Sure. Um, but I don't, you know, it's, I don't own it. And so right. my publisher is like, Hey, we'll get you a minimum amount of 160 books if you want them. And I'm like, I would love that. Uh, but I don't have the money for that. So I'm doing a quick little Indiegogo, super short. I think by the time this airs, there will only be 12 days left. And uh, it's, I'm sure Chet will throw a link in there, but if you yeah. look up abandoned Louisiana on Indiegogo, you'll find me immediately. If you look up Mike Carell, you'll find it immediately anything like that you go to the art page and go to photography i'm on the front page so you can't miss it 
um, check it out. And even if you can't support it and pre-order a copy, which is what the Indiegogo is for, is basically pre-order 160 copies by this date, or I don't get any of my own books, which is kind of a bummer because I would really like to sign some and draw in some and get them to my Louisiana people, for instance, who it's dedicated to, <laughs> um, right. you know, so there's all of these things I'd love to do with it. But at the same time, I just don't have the money to do it. So I figured maybe I can pre-order it out. People that dig this and this kind of abandoned stuff and maybe my art will want to buy one in advance. Now, granted, you could go ahead and get it from Barnes and Noble for a dollar less, but it won't have a signature. Granted, you will probably get it before you get the one from me. Nevertheless, <laughs> right. um, I'm going to get this, this, hopefully get this whole batch of them ordered on the 28th which is the day that it is successful hopefully for $5,200 and I can put that order in it's the last day I can put an order in with Arcadia and then they will ship me 160 books and as soon as I have them boom I flip them and they're coming right back out to you all that's the only reward there's no other rewards it's very simple I just want to have some books (laughs) you know what I mean yeah so the other thing though that's cool that I want to tell people about is that I'm using the markup that I'm getting from this to pay for all the shipping for Mysterian so if you're listening and you're a Mysterian backer you already know you haven't been forgotten because I update you so much it's, it's probably painful but nevertheless uh I am devoted to getting that finalized and now I have all the rewards except for just the dice at the end they're a month and a half out. And then I want to ship everything, but it's been five years. So my goal with this was not only to pre-order my book, but I won't make any money because I'm just going to take all that money and throw it at the shipping for Mysterian and get all that out too. So just so everyone knows in the world, because I originally built that into the Kickstarter project, but Kickstarter bounced me and wouldn't let me do it on Kickstarter. So I had to go Indiegogo. So I just want everyone listening to know that this is also driven towards finalizing Mysterian uh, because those people have been so patient and understanding and honestly the best backers in the world because no one has given me any trouble and they've all just been the best basically I can't, yeah. can't say anything better about them so yeah it's cool I mean this the, so you got this you got the deal because they saw your stuff on Instagram that was just random Abandoned random stuff random stuff and did they and they said we want to do they didn't want sulfur louisiana specifically they were just no. like we want uh an abandoned a bunch of abandoned american photos and you and you said well i got a bunch uh, you know abandoned s- sulfur louisiana is really great and i'm you know and i'm here so let's make it a re- about sulfur louisiana is that how it worked kind of so what they said was they said we're looking for photographers and writers that are interested in covering abandoned locations mm-hmm. and do you have a location you'd like to pitch oh, okay. to us? I see, I yeah. See. And now here's the funny thing is, is I thought it, I, now I pitched the idea to, to my editor, who's now my editor, but at the time, this guy who had reached out to me on Instagram and uh, he was like, oh yeah, that's great. And the wheels started turning, but then I got a little paranoid. I was like, what if they're trying to like hu- hustle me and it's uh-huh. like not legit, you know? And then don't get me wrong. There's no offense to be taken here, but it's a UK company. And I know through publishing world because of all the Kickstarters I've done that there are some very questionable UK publishing companies that are actually not publishing companies at all. And I know that from good friends that are from the UK that have done publishing through the UK. So again, no, please no disrespect to anyone who's from the UK at all. But um, I was, I became a little worried, like maybe these guys are just trying to get personal information right. from, you know what I mean? So I had to suss it a little bit. And then of course it ended up, I ended up sending an email to like the front desk at this place and basically asking them if the guy who was reaching out to me actually works for them. And the irony of course <laughs> is he's my editor now, you know what I mean? So yeah. we have this funny relationship because I was like acting all weird. He was probably like, Oh, those uptight Americans, you know, <laughs> but uh 
yeah so anyway so it's a uk company so he reached out and i said yeah i'd love to and like you said i said i'd love to do sulfur i'm here now and i'm coming back here because we were there but we were actually going to be coming back for mr harry's birthday in june and so i was like i could get more then because we were towards the end of our stay there when they when they asked asked me if i wanted to do it and i was like yeah i'd love to and i couldn't think of a better place because i'd been shooting abandoned photography there already you know what right. i mean i'd already been doing that i do that all the time i do that everywhere i go i can't help it so um yeah yeah so are these are these like iphone pictures or were you, did you have a, a different camera or so i shot them on we had just this at the time we just got an iphone 10s and so i shot it on an iphone on iphone 10 but then we also had a, a camera that was you know a 1080p digital but you know, uh, handheld, like old school kind of Nikon style, right. you know what I'm talking about. Um, and we shot, I shot on bulls. So I had that with me just as a backup because I didn't want to take any mm-hmm. chances and shooting different angles. It has more manual aperture settings and things right. like that. So I could dial it in. Um, so I went back and forth between the two. The irony again is at the end of the day, I only ended up using, well, maybe not irony, but it, the funny thing is at the end of the day, I ended up only using the uh, iPhone. I didn't end up using any of the ones from, yeah, the, from so, the camera. I it's shot. so crazy. You could do a, 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 a photography book with an iPhone now. And that's, well, and they, and that's yeah. the iPhone 10. Right. You know, it's right. Like, and well, I mean, so I'm making cool. a feature film on this phone. You know what I mean? Right, you can do yeah. anything with these I devices. Know, it's it's incredible. If you're willing to be patient, I mean, and accept limitations, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like Work doing finger editing on a phone is so hard. It's I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how yeah. hard it is compared to yeah. Premiere Pro. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, it's doable. So I, they wanted, of course, they you know, 300 DPI or better. And they had all the specs and it was all part. They were actually these guys have been doing this a very long time. They're an old company. And so they're, they're outsourcing and they're doing new things now, which is smart in the mm-hmm. changing world that we, we find ourselves in. Of course, this is pre COVID, you know, smart guys anyway, or in, and ladies, I'm sure. Um, but they, uh, they had a whole packet of guidelines that walked me through the whole process because albeit I'm a good writer, I've never published a book. So I don't right. know how to annotate things for InDesign. I don't know how to do any of the things. So they have this whole introductory pack that walked me through what color I needed to do and how many spaces before sentences and how to format right. the whole entire That's thing. Cool. It was super helpful. Yeah. And then, and then they were like, we want, you know, pictures that are this bigger, better. And of course my pictures were so much huger than the pictures they even wanted the size of the pictures they wanted. Cause the phone, you know, the iPhone 10 is just, it, it was incredible. You know, they were talking, these images are like three thirty four by, you know, 36 is huge, huge, yeah, huge, yeah. huge, you know? Yeah, they look super cool too. I mean, because of the still imagery. Yeah, if you're not using live on this, it's 4K. If you put it on, if you put it on live, it drops a little below 4K. Oh. I shoot, I shoot in live because I like to be able to have multiple different moments around it to choose as a keyframe because right. it changes things when you're shooting action. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. makes a big difference. And of course, I'm shooting action a lot of the time. I mean, not I know an abandoned house is an action, but I sh- I cover my our full time RV life for patrons, so it's a lot of things happening driving tractors and you know poop piles so 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 do you have any uh uh you think you're gonna do another book with them do you have any that well see that's what i that's what i'm excited about it's like okay so i did this book because i mean think about new mexico you know all the crazy all the cool spots spots in new mexico it's like why would you you know that seems like yeah so what this is what this is, is on on our behalf on energy creations behalf is is like a test 
So mm-hmm. what I did, and I'll be fair, I'll, I'll even say right now, I signed that contract, but I never gave him my social. So I can't even get royalties off of it. Because mm-hmm. you know how I am. I'm, I'm yeah. very careful. Paranoid. I'm super careful. <laughs> I prefer to call it careful. <laughs> Prudent. <laughs> Prudent, yes. That's what Joy would call it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I just... I, but what I what I decided was I said, okay, if this is legit, if this book comes out and it's in my hands and it's good and I'm happy with it and it's not this isn't like because I just man, it's hard to believe anything that good that happens, you know. So I was like really <laughs> test you, test you with the world. Um, but if it if it all works out, then yeah, I'm gonna I, I want to do lots more books because I live in an RV, dude. I mean, yeah. my God, I could cover so many cooler. I mean, even just like I think like you said, New Mexico, but also anywhere anywhere in the United States of America, you know what I mean? And there's so many cool, I mean, think about that abandoned restaurant that Joy and I found in Florida. Remember that, that video that I shot, that like eight minute video. And there's the bat, the bats in there Mm -hmm, and the ping pong table and the the gun that was mortared into the wall and the like fish, stuffed fish. Like you can't make that shit up, man. Like, you know, there was no, no trespassing signs. It was like, why not? It might as well. It's so funny. It's so funny that it's a UK company that's publishing these abandoned America books. Right. I know it's, <laughs> it's it is. It's a little, I don't know, tongue in cheek almost. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, so yeah. So I'm really, of course, I'm pumped now. And this is my first one. So I'm sure I can learn better how to make a better book because it's all correspondence with people in the UK. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's yeah. Not like, it's kind of, it's so perfect for you because it's like not going to any meetings, not go. It's yeah. like all online. It's all yeah. email. But, and... but proofing it is like, it's hard because I can't proof a physical copy of it. And so oh, I want right. my books to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. uh, the way that their system works is it, how it works out work. So if this one comes out and I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Because, you know, I don't you know. Get, you how, got a copy? You, know, you got a copy? No, of it? I'm still waiting on my complimentary copies. I should have six complimentary copies here, like within a week. So I'm, that's why there's no pictures of it on the Indiegogo's because I'm still waiting on complimentary ah, copies. So, cool. but yeah, I'm, so I'm just, again, I'm pumped on it. And I, I think that, you know, 5,200 bucks in 20 days is pretty, pretty reasonable to come up with. Um, and I hey, would have really preferred to do it through Kickstarter, but it actually is fun because I'm learning Indiegogo and I've never done an Indiegogo. Right. And so that's been a really, because I consider all of these projects like art projects in and of themselves. Building a website is an art project. You have to yeah. choose the, where the placement of images is and what's linked and what the font is and everything you have to decide it all. And that's artistic to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you already got 1400 bucks. So that's uh yeah, that's what we cool. six days in six yeah, days. We're great. 28%. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, so any... we'll... Oh, you've got it set like Kickstarter. It's a fixed goal. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Because the thing is, if I don't get 160 books, I can't get any. Right? Oh yeah, you, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. You have, to, you have to get a minimum amount. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, if now here's the beauty of it: if we can stretch it, if I can get people to just buy, you know, I'm, this is this is a numbers game. Twenty five dollar books, items, just twenty five dollar books. If we can sell enough twenty five dollar books, we can reach seventy two hundred bucks and make two thousand extra. Join. I'll go back to Louisiana. And we'll cover all kinds of other stuff that we couldn't right. even cover the first time because there's like it's a treasure trove because there were yeah. there were county jails that were abandoned that we could get into. There was a mental hospital we could have gotten into that wow. we didn't have time. There was all kinds of stuff to go and cover. It's, you a, know, it, yeah, it's funny how, uh, you know, just to bring it into the bring it around to the dark art subject matter, since this is the Dark Art Society podcast, um, it's a funny way that 
something that's kind of mainstream, which is like photos of abandoned buildings. Mm -hmm. it, it relates to dark art in a way. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. like it's very dark art. <laughs> abandoned yeah, old creepy abandoned buildings and it's like right. this is this is what we're talking about when we're we're kind of saying like you know a, a, a normal person can can like this buy this book just like your most average mainstream person can would you know could buy this book and be like oh this is really cool um yeah okay you you don't realize it but you kind of like dark art you like dark art now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. this is what, you know, this is sort of what we mean when we're talking about, you know, the white umbrella that dark art actually is. It's the, you know, not just presenting the beautiful things and the, or the outwardly beautiful things, but the things that have a beauty that uh, would traditionally be deemed as ugly, but there's a yeah. beauty, there's a beauty to them in, yeah. because they're yeah. ugly in that way. It's well, it's cool. kind of like, uh, I mean, I can't, I won't quote him. I won't quote him. Right. But, you know, it's like David Lynch says, you know, uh, when you see a bruise in nature or you see oil in water in nature, you don't know that it's a bruise or that it's pollution and therefore it's beautiful, mm -hmm. you know? And so, right. and again, I'm kind of butchering, I'm paraphrasing his quote, but nevertheless, it's that same notion. I mean, I think the cool thing about this is, is that it goes to show that we can platform ourselves as dark artists in mainstream ways right. where, when people don't even know that, that that's what they're even engaging in. Yeah. So even though we can go out of our way to, to be like, we're dark artists and look at our dark art and yeah. learn to like it. We can also just show people dark art and they can, they'll realize that they like it anyway, you know? Right. And cause I mean, again, my parents are like, Oh, this is, they love it. They've seen yeah, all the pictures yeah. from it. They're like, Oh, this is great. You know, yeah. anyone can like to look at things that are dark. Now the beauty for me is this is where the writer part comes in. Cause I love to shoot stuff, but I'm, I'm a wordsmith. That's my, that's my game. I love writing. Right. And so what I'm hoping is, is that the, the writing leads the person through an experience where they exit it, knowing more about dark art without even realizing that that's the ride they just went on. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where they come yeah. out realizing that there is beauty in dark and abandoned places. And yeah. maybe that that's, it's okay that those places are beautiful because not only are they decaying, but they're dangerous. And that maybe danger, it's okay for a little bit of danger to be, you know, beautiful, you know? And so right. again, we're put, it's pushing those boundaries a little bit, but I think it's doing it in a way where, you know, if anybody can find this uh, in Arcadia Publishing specifically, what they do a lot of is find your hometown publishing. So if you look up Arcadia Publishing, it's going to be like, find your hometown. So that's, that's their conduit. So these are going to be a, hopefully a lot of, you know, not just through my, Indiegogo. I'm not worried about that. But in regard to people in the world seeing my book, I just really hope that a lot of people are like, find it because of their, their promotional platforming right. of it being a find your hometown kind of place. And more people are inspired to be like, wow, there is beauty in this place that is, is kind of terrifying. But furthermore, you're safe exploring it in a book. Yeah. You don't have to be me. You don't have to go and, and be afraid you might step on a needle or a nail. You don't have to be worried that you're going to run into someone sleeping in there that might jump up and not be yeah. present. So it's a safe way to enjoy the beauty of places that are forgotten and, and to understand that there is beauty in the forgotten. And I think that what's interesting is one of those locations that's in the book, Green Acres Grocery, is no longer there. It has been de demolished. So it is now immortalized to a greater or lesser extent in this book as a result of that. And that's a piece of history. Yeah. I, mean? yeah. I think the the whole concept of these abandoned, uh, abandoned books, uh, 
abandoned photography that it's like totally you know at the root of it i would say you could say it's it's a metaphor for death and so um i mean absolutely you know ghost towns abandoned buildings they represent death really you know and so the the um you know the death of a place and so by uh, uh uh it's just like a it's a kind of a sneaky way of <laughs> sneaking in this you know this way to you know and it's it, maybe it's a reach but it's sort of like you know confrontation of death or making peace with death in a way that's palatable to people that generally maybe don't think about death or don't like to think about death i think know. that's a very that's a very insightful point that's a very insightful point i never you know i haven't really um thought but, too much about my motivations in my yeah, life because you're just taking documenting it, you're just you taking know, pictures I mean. of stuff you think is cool yeah and it's I'm like just attracted to it yeah. yeah yeah that's how yeah you know, that's how and i've done it my is. whole life you know as yeah. soon as i've had an opportunity to have a camera in my hand the first things i started shooting were actually some of the oldest 35 millimeter photographs that i still have of my earliest photography was this abandoned thresher it was like a tractor that was in a field and it was rusting and it was kind of sideways on a hill and it'd been there for a very long time you know what i mean we're talking mm -hmm. decades you know and it was grown into the ground <clears throat> and it was just so amazing to me i just and i must have been 15 years old and i was just like i couldn't get enough of it you know what i mean it's like it was just a, a I, I again i can't even put words to it you know yeah, yeah. and so i went i shot all these 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 images of it and so again it goes all the way back to there where i'm just there's something very attractive about the things that are lost and forgotten. Mm -hmm. And for me, I imagine for everybody, it's different. You know, I know I didn't really ever kind of cogitate on the idea of it being death as much as forgotten. And maybe right. that it all rings a different note in each of our souls, depending upon what we struggle with. Because, you know, I think in my life, I've often felt kind of like <clears throat> thrown away or alienated mm -hmm. from all the, you know, what I would consider to be normal people, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's why it rang that bell for me, because it's this thing that's been left behind. And it was clearly a really important piece of machinery at one point in time. Right. It did a job and it was important, but it just is not in need anymore. And it's just a relic, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's beauty in that. Somehow the colors and the rust and the way that yeah, it's chipping I mean, off and the way the earth is taking it back into the I ground, know. reclaiming it, you know, it's super mysterious and i guess the mystery is part of it too like you go yeah. into an abandoned place and you're curious because you're like i don't know what i'm gonna find you know and it's yeah, scary yeah, but it's exciting yeah. at the same time yeah yeah there's a connection with like ghosts and you know memories sure. and or it's even, like it's they're very haunted housey yeah you remember when you, <laughs> you remember when we were working on dystopia and i took you to the that weird abandoned like uh industrial place up there that was a lumber yard remember the lumber yard mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, like cool. yeah and places like that so i've been in like i was in a cement factory when i was in college that was no longer in use and it was a huge factory and it was nighttime i filmed a bunch of it and uh when you're in a place like that or like that lumber yard it's like you're looking at these machines and to you you're ignorant of their purpose mm -hmm. and so they're unidentifiable and so you, all you can do is ascribe mysterious things to them because you don't know what else to color it with because you don't know what all these little machines do and the gears and the big pistons and the arms. And it's like, it's this, it looks like this otherworldly mechanized beast or something, you know what right. I mean? And so it's so, uh, to me, it really plays with my imagination. It gets me really excited. Definitely. makes me think about who knows what, right? And it was yeah. funny because I, I just talked to my buddy the other day. I haven't talked to this guy in 12 years. I've known him since I was 15 years old. 
And he was like, man, every time I go past the old Kaiser aluminum plant in Spokane, all I think about is you because you used to always talk about how you wanted to go exploring the, old, <laughs> the aluminum plant at night. You know, So even since I was a young kid, my friends even still will report to this day that it's always been a thing for me. And then they even think about it now to drive past this place and be like, oh, yeah, Mike used to want to go exploring that place. Yeah, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole cult of people that do that now you know urban explorers it's like a yeah thing. urbex yeah <laughs> they got a name for everything now i know <laughs> <laughs> now that everything's presentable on some kind of platform that they have to put it put a name for it yeah um, yeah yeah it's cool though it's cool yeah uh, it seems like you know not only new mexico but um god that salt and sea place we went to that oh, time dude i kid you not just it's funny you said that just the other day i told joy i said I was like, I got to pitch the salt and sea to them because we're right here. We're not far. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. It would be so easy to do it. What you would have to put up with. You want to go there when it's not 113 degrees, like it was when you and I were there, because yeah. it won't smell as bad and it won't be as brutal. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we live in an RV. So I told Joyce, man, we should pitch. We should pitch the salt and sea to them. She's like, yeah. I was like, I always wanted to show you that place. And she's like, yeah, but isn't it like, really hot and i was like well it's hot it smells like dead fish so yeah and she's like oh that really sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah it's you gotta uh, you know but that's that's the that's the uh price you have to pay for art well dude i mean some of the shots i got when you and i were there i remember my phone wouldn't take any more images and i was so bummed <laughs> Do you remember that my yeah, phone yeah. wouldn't take any more images but then I was like, but I had had, I had had my big crazy trip out the day before. So I was like, it's right. fine. That's how everything was meant to be. I wasn't supposed to take any more pictures today. <laughs> you know? I have a great picture of you from there. This shot from a, a worm's eye view. And it's like a, like a petrified fish in the foreground. And then you're walking away from me and you're in the background. And it's, you can't, it's just your back. And your one of your legs is up like you're walking. The other one's forward and you're wearing your, your shorts you always wear. And uh <laughs> It's just such an awesome picture. Like, I, I don't know. I just love that picture. It's, That's cool. It's, it it kind of sums up that whole dystopia exploration trip that we went on for that period right. of time in order to get that material. You know, you know spe speaking of my first photo, come to think of it, you you may have seen this photo, but my I, my mom used to be kind of like a, a hobbyist photographer. And she had a back when you got your film developed and she was kind of like got, had like a nice camera, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, um uh uh slr before dslrs you know yeah yeah and um she gave me a ca the camera i mean i was little though i must have been a little really young and the first thing i took is she just like let me take some pictures and the first thing i took of was like this old sneaker that was in the street <laughs> It was a oh, yeah. old, yeah, old discarded sneaker and like a bunch of garbage. I think maybe like a banana peel, like garbage in the street. It, <laughs> it was very much in line with, you know, this, this abandoned, this notion of abandoned things and ugly, dirty, dead things kind of. Well, you know, you know what else is interesting too, if you think about it, is that there's, there's not really that much of a separation between recently abandoned things and old abandoned things and what we call all looking into old abandoned things is archaeology right. so it's interesting to me too 
you know, that some people might have a knee-jerk reaction to something, not certainly probably the people listening to this show, but some people in the world might have a knee-jerk reaction to something that is appears to be garbage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or appears to be, you know, in dis, disuse. But then you show them some crumbling archaeological site where they're digging up the foundation of something and there's bones, you know, there's a human skull and there's some shards of fabric that was made out of whatever kind of fiber was available at the time. And then now all of a sudden it's a relic and it's it's holy yeah, and it's right. part of history, you know? The recently abandoned things are just becoming part of history. That's all, you know, they're in that process of degradation and decay that, you know, atrophy. And it's, it's interesting, you know? Yeah. It's like time, time is the, uh, times the way it becomes, goes from being junk and garbage to, um, history and valuable. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think that, you know, the, 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 the photography part is, really always comes back to it's like everyone has a camera nowadays you know mm-hmm. everyone anyone can take a picture the reason why i love the pieces of photography i see that other people do is because of the way they've chosen to frame it and the the angle they've shot it at and whether or not what you know what imagery they've included and the way they've chosen to orient it and it, all of that is i think an interpretation of their internal perception and so a photograph is very much a reflection too of the person that took it Um, because Mm -hmm. they're making all of these very small choices about the way they took that photograph because photographs are static. And so it's a very different art than filmmaking, for instance, you know, and it takes a very different kind of uh, sensibility, I would say, to to do well with photography. And I I love it because of that, because still images, again, really can tell this whole story if you allow yourself to go with it. I mean, I remember like looking up the book uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained when I was a kid. We had a copy of it at my house. And I just couldn't get over the, I would like lose myself in those images. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you could just think of anything. Like you're looking at these the pyramids from on the Giza plateau or whatever. You're just yeah. Like, wow, who knows? You know what I mean? So again, it's that kind of like wonderment with the world, which is the same thing that why I'm attracted to abandoned places. The same thing is that wonderment. What could be there? What made it? Why is it there? What happened? You know? Yeah. All of these. yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's definitely yeah, big element of mystery because you don't know what the hell was going on there and what happened there and who knows, you know, and 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 the decayed um all the decay and the and the the rust and the dirt, it's like it, it kind of implies something dark happened there, even if it didn't, <laughs> you know. Even what if I mean? it didn't, yeah. It's got that yeah. creepy creepy feel to it but well anyway i always get this feeling when i go into like if i if i go into a house that's been left you know i you you can't help but feel the vibe of when people were there especially when they left everything like you'll find a place where they left everything exactly as it was Mm -hmm. and it's weird dude because it's like it feels like there's someone should just walk in the room and put on their jacket that's hanging on in the closet you'll find full wardrobes in a closet and you just can't help but think to yourself like what happened here you know what i mean like right. what was the lives that happened here what was the drama i'll tell one more story and then i'll let you move it on because i know you want to but um the uh when i was a kid one of the coolest stories i remember about finding an abandoned place i was friends with these two twin cowboys and their name were garth and garrett and they were twins <laughs> identical twins and they were cowboys they were cowboys. cowboy hats cowboy gear. kid yeah. little little kid cowboys in high school in, in junior high junior high wow right? uh yeah high school eighth cowboys grade, huh? eighth, eighth grade actually. okay so we were friends. Junior high cowboys. Yeah. And I was I was an alternate grunger, right? In that in that day and age. And so we were an odd couple with me hanging out with the twin cowboys. But we were best, <laughs> they were my best friends. They were Garth and Garrett were my best friends. Wow. And uh and they were super, super religious. They were like hardcore Christians. 
And, uh, and so we, there was no reason why we should have been friends, but we were, this is a thing for me in my life. I'm often friends with people. I shouldn't be evidently. Um, but, uh, so they near their house in a field, like, let's say a mile away ish, there was an abandoned house and they had told me about it and we were going to go look at it. So, you know, I'll abbreviate the story, but we get there, we, we hike all the way to this abandoned house, middle of a field in the middle of nowhere. I kid you not like a bowl, kind of a field. that's like a bit of a bowl mm-hmm. and there's nothing around it. There's no houses, nothing. I mean, it was really a middle of nowhere. And we go to go in this house and I walk in the front door and I look down at the floor and the floor is covered in phone books, the whole floor. I mean, literally, you, to walk through the house, you have to walk on phone books. What? I'm not, yeah, dude, That's check so this out. Weird. This is, it's so weird. This is, you know me, I have the weirdest stories. So you can't make it up, right? So the whole floor is covered in phone, and it was deep with phone books. I'm not joking. Like, like it was squishy with phone books, and the, and the door was <laughs> wide open. The windows are broken. You could go in and out of it. It was like at the elements, right? So you go upstairs. There are still phone books, and you get upstairs, and there's an there's a one room. And you go into this room and everything in this room is pristine. There's no phone books on the floor. And it looks like someone's like living in this room. I'm not joking. So weird, dude. It was like, there were like things set out on the bureau. There was like a dresser in there and there were like things like personal effects set out. Like someone was, yeah, it was creepy, creepy, weird. So we left, they'd never been inside of it. So we left, we were going downstairs and I was like, what is with these phone books? And I picked one of the phone books up and Either on, I can't remember exactly, but it was either on the back or the inside back cover of the phone book had a picture of the house that we were in on it. it when it was like a nice house before it was like a destroyed, so abandoned. Dude, it was so weird. And I was like, <laughs> I told these, I told Garth and Gary, I'm like, oh my God, guys, check it out. And I showed them the phone book. And they're like, oh my God, that's so creepy. And then we start looking and all the phone books that were covering the floor were that exact same phone book with pictures of that house in its heyday uh, in the phone book uh, printed on the page like the phone books had been produced with the picture of this house when it was a nice house and they were every i mean i'm kidding you like thousands of phone books there were so many phone books for, for those of you that are not old enough to know phone books were a thing that you used to get every year <laughs> these thick yeah, paper these thick books with like newsprint inside and they were like, for those of you watching, they were or like, listening. They were like three inches thick. Yeah, they were very four thick. Inches thick. And if you wanted to find out the phone number of something, you didn't have the internet to look it up. So you had to look in the phone book for yeah. residences or businesses. And they had white and yellow pages. Yeah, that white. Were different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. just a funny. Uh, no, I'm glad you said that because that's a good point. I don't even consider that. You're so much more PC than I am. <laughs> well, because most I, people, some people might be like, "What the fuck's a phone book?" Seriously, yeah. seriously. But understand how weird this is, people. If you don't know what a phone book is, think how weird it is. You get these books that are like newsprint that are three inches thick, and there's thousands of them, and you're walking on them. And they have a picture of this fucking house in them, dude. It's so weird. Yeah. And this house is abandoned. So we like we boogied out of the house because we were, of course, scared. It was scary. Like that 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 right there scared me. I I like there yeah, are moments super in life creepy. that are it's very few, sur- but... surrealist. Yeah, it's like you, very it, surrealist. How does this happen? It was like yeah, it was so creepy. So we left, and we never went back. And that's the that's the whole story. But it's like that those kinds of things are the stories that make me go into houses that are yeah. abandoned and don't have signs <laughs> that tell me I can't because what is that about what the yeah. hell does that mean you know what i mean you can't 
I don't understand. Right. And I still don't. And that's what makes it fun. That's why it's still cool. It wouldn't be cool if I understood it was some yeah. like Dane thing that it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. You yeah. Know? You're hoping you're, you're hoping you're going to find a weird phone book house. You know, you're, you're hoping to find something that weird at this point. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So weird stuff. Right. But that's the fun of it. So yeah, that's my book. Super excited about it. If y'all are listening and you want to buy a copy, that would be great. And even if you don't want to buy a copy, you can just share the link. Cause that's super helpful too. The reality yeah. is, is, any eyes I can get on the project just makes a difference uh, in re- reaching the goal. It's simple, 160 bucks. We're getting there. So yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to uh, get you to um, your other, the other project we can talk yeah, about. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, wanna... that's kind of interesting too. That's weird. This is, so this is another, my life is odd. It's I live an odd life. Yeah, your, um, your life is crazy. It's been crazy as long as I've known you. It's like you always have the weirdest shit happen to you. Yeah, and stuff <laughs> and stuff that you can't is so weird and disparate that you can't even like. <laughs> it's only random, it random, yeah, random, dude. and verifiable. You've seen these things yeah. happen, so it's not like I just. <laughs> how can this guy have all this stuff happen in this life? It's bullshit, right? <laughs> but it's not bullshit. I'm telling you, I can't convince people anymore. So here's the weird thing that happened: is I got hired to do a Kickstarter. And it's for software for a social media platform. And anyone that's listening and knows me knows that I don't like, I make books and games and movies and stuff. You know what I right. mean? Um, so this was weird. It just popped up and it was, it, you know, kind of like need to get it done type job. And here's what it's about. And everyone's probably thinking social media platform, bleh, you know, like right away, it made me feel kind of pukey too. Um, but with that said, it, it's totally a novel idea. And, and I told Chet about it. And he right away was like, wow, that's really cool. I, I told a few people and they're like, huh, wow, interesting. Well, it's so everybody's, here, everybody's wanting something like this. Everybody yeah. hates the way so, what social media has become. Everybody yeah. I know. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, what the right solution is, but this is certainly a step in the right direction. So it's called weave, like weaving things together, weave Mm -hmm. social media platform. And it's a Kickstarter that is now live. So if you're listening, check it out. There'll be a link in there. I hope that chat will drop in there. Um, But you can also just look up weave social media on Kickstarter. And this basically the way it works is really simply just right out the gates. If I go on there, if I'm a Weave user of the social media platform, similar to Facebook kind of social media platform where you share images and videos and you talk with each other, the idea behind this is the guy that made it, he just was seeing people's lives being basically destroyed, families, relationships being fractured as a result of people getting pissed off over social media stuff, whether Mm -hmm. it was an opinion about politics or it was news or it was something personal. And even for him, he has kids. And so local stuff would be affected by social media too. So like he's, you know, you might say something wrong and offend the wrong person. And now there's local consequences. So he was really disturbed by all this. And he was like, instead of being lame and not doing anything about it, I'm going to do something because I'm a software engineer. So he's making this thing called weave. And the way that it works is, is if I go on there until I build friendships with people through a respect teacher, they don't get to actually see who I am. So everyone is described an alias right away and an avatar that's fake. So like chat, you'll have like a little fake looking dude and a little fake name. And I'll have a little fake mic, a little fake name. And when I start seeing things that I like from you, I click on the respect button. And the more I respect you and the more you respect me, it builds trust between us. And at a given point in time, we can review our trust and decide if we want to let that person into our inner circle. And when we do that, the alias comes off and the avatar comes off. And now all of a sudden we get to really see who each other is. 
Now, the reason why there's a benefit to this is because you're depersonalizing potentially negative interactions with people. So people feeling don't get hurt in the same fashion, mm-hmm. which is to say that your view is different than my view. So if someone on my inner circle isn't your friend, they're not going to see that it's Chet Czar. So if you said something to them that might hurt their feelings, they wouldn't know it was Chet Czar because they can't see you. You know what I mean? Right. And you can't see them. Now, there's also a feature called noping. And noping is just simply you don't like what the person has to say. And if you nope them once, they're muted for a period of time. And the more you nope them, eventually they go away. But reminding you that this is an alias. You don't even know who this person is at this stage. You just don't like what they have to say. So what you're doing through this is basically building this whole system where you have an inner circle of people that you can trust and you can know and they can know you. And you can post to them. But you can also post outside of your friend posts in what are called controversial posts. And your controversial post uses the alias and the avatar. The reason why that's important is because then you could possibly, let's say you have a bunch of friends who don't agree with you on something. You could then go and look for other people without offending your current friend group. So you could post something that might be controversial to your current friend group, and you might meet other people that have similar feelings. And if you then, through time, build respect with them, then maybe you guys go to an inner circle stage and you become close friends and that you can see each other. So the whole idea behind it really, again, is to try to get rid of all of the things that affect us intimately on a personal level, bullying, right? Local mm-hmm. consequences, uh, people not being able to share a communal space because they don't agree on things. But the nuanced thing is, is that everyone has such a varied uh, you know, opinion base that you might agree and disagree with people on multiple things. You brought up one earlier. I eat meat. You don't. We're still yeah. really good friends. These things can happen, but social media is set up in such a way to intentionally cause derision, you know, and to divide people. And, and now maybe you don't believe it's set up that way, but the outcome is very clearly the same because 97% of people actually have reported having fractured relationships as a result of social media. I think it's, yeah, I don't think it's set up that way specifically to divide. I think it's set up that way to get clicks and to get, you know, money. Yeah. Money, basically people arguing. People arguing keeps people on the platform, bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it always, yeah. you can always kind of look back to, uh, that's why I can't get into so many conspiracy theories because they're, really it's like, it's all, it's just about money. It's like, just look where yep. the money's going. That's usually where, what, what the case is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Oh, and that's why I corrected myself because it's, you know, it's not a matter of really whether it is or isn't devised, devised that way. What really matters is, is the outcome. And yeah, the result. Yeah, yeah. And if the result is it's causing everybody knows happen, this, everybody knows know? this yeah. at this point. And it's like, so, so the, his idea with this thing is basically to try to bring together all different kinds of people so that they can still spend time together and enjoy each other and learn new things and be exposed to new ideas, but to do it in a fashion where it's healthier and more respectful that's, and there's less potential outcomes. Yeah, that's it, it, you know? it's, it's interesting. So is it, is there a, a, uh, a site up or is it like, just, yeah, it's, it's, Oh no, no. Okay. Yeah. So I'll explain. So basically it's in, it's, it's, in beta right now it's in the beta process so he's got this thing built i've seen it he uses it there's a gif of it uh, that you can see on the page so if you go to the kickstarter and you scroll down you can actually see a gif of the current software but you know how software is it's like they're constantly developing yeah, it. he has yeah. a big team that's working on it and so the idea through the kickstarter is if you join on and and actually by wednesday now by the time this is up it'll be past the early bird but still for 25 dollars, what you get is is early access to the site and so, and you, it's just a one-time thing. You pay once, there's no physical commodity as a reward. You get early access to it. 
And then basically you are already in there engaging in this platform that's a better alternative to other ones out there. And you're also able to stay up to date with news and updates and also be a part of the development of it because you're in early. So your feedback actually still could mean something at a grassroots level versus you get past that stage and it becomes what it becomes, right? And so, you know, the CEO and founder is very much interested in modeling it after what people want and are interested in. And it's really open to that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so it's an exciting way to get involved in it. And then there's all these other opportunities that he's built into it. So I helped him, of course, build the Kickstarter. He's never done one before, but I'm not a tech guy. This is way outside my wheelhouse. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So I have to rely on, on his ideas. So it's been a really fun collaborative process. But what he's offering in many ways is some really cool stuff because he's offering uh, page titles and so it's kind of like URL do domains. And so you can get like, so let's say you want to have a crypto page, right? You want to be able to get a certain URL on this social media site that's going to hopefully blow up here. You know, if you get in early, then you already have it because there's no duplications. And so like, if you want a local news, let's say you want a local news and parenting group, right? That's for San Pedro or for Pedro. Uh, Monrovia. Yeah, no, Pedro. Um, <laughs> Pedro. <laughs> or Monrovia, you know, there's only going to be one per municipality. And so if you get in early, you can get that municipality, right? If mm -hmm. you want a title, if you want to be talking about NFTs, you can get that NFT title. And once you own that, that's yours. Now, if you want to sell that down the line and make money off of that because NFTs are going to blow up and people are going to be on here and want that particular uh, title or domain name, well, then you can sell it. So he's offering opportunities kind of almost like early investment opportunities. Right. Um, he's also selling ad credit for when it comes down the line. So there's a lot of opportunities in there to get involved, whether you're just an individual that wants to do some cool social media or you want to set up a protected group. And so they also have protected group discounts right now that will allow you unlimited invites to the early access platform. Um, it's only 250 bucks, I think is what that one is. And you can create a protected group that basically allows you to have even more security than you would have just in the, the greater features of, of noping and respect and aliases and all of that. So it's, you know, again, it's, it's pretty novel, pretty interesting. Um, I'm excited about it because it's something that's different. And it sounds like, you know, from what I've seen, and I know the guy that's, that's building it, this guy's legit, you know, he's, yeah, well, and what's he's, oh. he's, he's very much looking to try to bring in every different kind of person to this, you know? Right. Yeah. This is, this is, this, this, David Brooks, mm. Schofler, Mike Schofler. Who's David Brooks? Because this guy is talking about Weave Social Fabric Project. It's on yeah, the that's Aspen. different. That's a different uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, this is, but it's like an offshoot of, of this. It's got to be. No, it's, it's not involved. Not involved. Totally separate thing. Really? Yep. Totally separate thing. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. No, that's fine. <laughs> no. I, How, I, no I, but they're both on the Aspen Institute. No, not we've social media platform isn't because it doesn't oh. exist yet. He's still building it. That's why we're kickstarting it is because it's not actually out in the world. It's being beta tested with the engineers and right, a small okay. group of Never insiders. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's not attached to that. It's a separate thing. I let him know about that, though, because I found that in my research and let him know, hey, there's something else that has a similar kind of title going on, but they're not doing the same kind of right. thing. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah. So um, who knows? Who knows yeah. what that is? Well, I mean, I hope it. I hope it works. I hope it succeeds because that's one thing everybody, everybody hates social media. Now it's like, everybody loved it at first. Remember how great it was at first. Yeah, it was super yeah. fun. And now yeah. everybody hates it. 
and but well but, every, but everyone's still kind of most people still kind of use it and well you kind of have rely to rely on it yeah you have to use yeah. it to some degree but i just um, wish you, that there was there was a social media site to where you had to um input like your real personal info because i think the, right part of the problem is is the anonymity issue you know people can get away with saying whatever the fuck they want to anybody because, because there's they it appears there's no personal consequences but at yeah. the same time there's so many people that even if they did know the person's real name and there was a verifiable process it's like there's so many people in the world that, that i don't think that's going to stop it yeah you know that's, true. I mean? that's true that's true nevertheless i mean the reality is is at least somebody's trying to do something different you know what i mean yeah. and that's really what i applaud more than anything and you know nowadays i only work on projects that i want to work on and so i'm working on this one because i believe in it and otherwise i wouldn't you know um i hope that it, it can reach its goal it's got a lofty goal and so it needs a lot of support you know yeah. and and that's not my job my job is to build kickstarters um and so yeah. you know i just i i hope very much that it goes off and that it's you know a potential beginning at least for some people you know who knows i mean because i've looked at like i did a lot of research for this because i don't know about anything you know me unless i have to mm -hmm. especially tech and so I learned all about Mastodon, uh, social media and how it works and, and how it will port in other types of social media to the overall Mastodon in order to be able to. What the to... hell is Mastodon? Okay, so you'd have to look into it. But basically, there's a lot of offshoots of social media that are going on now. And it's just a much more protected, um, safe environment. And mm. what it is, is it's an overall server that ports to smaller social media servers. And oh, if wow. you meet the guidelines of Mastodon, you can get into their greater server. And it's a, a lot of it has to do with local, uh, with local groups and local municipalities. Right. Um but so again, and I want to bore people to death. If you want to learn about Mastodon, look it up. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's no media. different. It's like there's all weird things going on, or you got true social, all that. Bull, you know, there's all this yeah, stuff going yeah. on. So um, <laughs> I don't want to bore people, but if you look at, you know, look into it if you're curious. But I'm thinking, you know, in the long run, there's going to be a lot of things like Weave. And I think that, again, if all of those things can kind of come together underneath another larger uh, affiliate, like in the Mastodon instance, using it as an example. Um, then there, there might be more nuanced ways for people to find what works for them. Because the reality is, I don't think that we're ever going to recreate the thing that was Facebook. First of all, when with the repeal of net neutrality, the whole entire thing went down the tube. I mean, that was where it all started. That's what caused all of this, in my opinion. And I won't go into boring people with that either. But I think quite a lot of logical evidence to support the, the repeal of net neutrality was, you know, the end of the beginning of the end anyway. Um, so I, I will never have another wheelhouse that everyone's on. There's always going to be a million of them. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And so how do we manage that? And how do we find a place for, for us to be? And I think that again, being able to be involved in something that's grassroots, that's just building now, he's, he actually is uh, creating an advisory board through this Kickstarter and there's 18 seats on it. So he's actually looking for people that want to become advisors on the board in order to that's help cool. determine the direction that this is going. So it's an opportunity to get involved in something that could be better. And that's it. That's what, that's what it amounts right. to. You know what I mean? Whether you're in it for just cause you want to have early access and check it out and you're like, Oh, this could be cool. Or because you want to actually see a change in the world. You know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever people want to do, get it, you know, give it a look at least. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah. let you know right away when you go over there and you check it out. Um, after listening to my, uh, me talk about abandoned places, the page is very vanilla folks. So uh, expect that <laughs> because you're going to get over there and you'll see that uh, it is it is 
so not the aesthetic that all of us are, are typically attracted to. So I, I'm giving you the a jumping a jumping off point. Expect vanilla, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but th- that, there's a reason for that, of course, and that's because what he's trying to do is make it inclusive. And so he wants to be able to draw people in that are from all different walks of life. And I think that that's what we need, you know, in anything that's going to work. So cool. Also, you know, I, I've uh, I've gotten I have been so disconnected. I know you have been from social media. Big time. Um, but I, you know, I got onto Twitter at the beginning of the year because I was getting in into this nft thing and and i actually am like i like twitter again it's i don't know if they changed the algorithm or something but you know if you i don't you know i don't get a bunch of stuff i don't want to see on there it's really nice it's like it's kind of like you know a little it's way better than than uh at least for me i don't know maybe it's because of who i'm following or I don't know. I went on there. Uh, I went on there when you right when you started doing the NFT thing because, of course, I listen to you and you make suggestions and you often make good ones. So I was like, "Well, Chet says I should check this out." I haven't used. I've had one forever, you know. And I was like, "I haven't used it." And so I went in there and kind of went and fixed it up because there was all kinds of weird stuff going on. <laughs> my, my banner was like from uh, Dystopia. And it, was right. like, it was old, old, you know. So I I, I dialed it in a bit, uh, and I I dorked around on there for about two weeks. I just didn't, I didn't find it gratifying. I, you know what I mean? I didn't get anything out of it. I just, I found, I just felt like, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, I I hope, I hope people like it, you know, cool. That's great. (laughs) It's, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's, it's like, I can't, it's like, I can't bring myself to get back on Facebook or even Instagram. It's, it's like, I'm just so sick of, so sick of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i've been but, doing it i you know i do i can't of course you can't delete them you know because yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can't i can't anyway i gotta yeah. keep it which is fine and i don't mind and i like i like to be able to tell people about tryptophiles you know because that's the other thing i'm doing that's fun is is my tryptophiles podcast which i don't know if anybody on this knows about but um i i have an audiobook that we talked about emails from infinity and i've gotten to a point where i need to fabricate some episodes that are missing long story i won't go into in the meantime, I'm doing tryptophiles, which is basically psychedelic discussions with people, including right. Chet um, and other artists. And actually, uh, coming up in two days from this show is Brad Adams from the Los Angeles Medicinal Psychedelic Society. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, so I'm super excited to share that episode. Oh, Brad's um, so awesome. Brad's, Brad's a super cool guy. Yeah, we interviewed last Friday. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, of course, we were, you know, you introduced me to all of them and I worked with them on MB5 and, and all right, that. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so, super, yeah, so it was super guy. cool to have a real, like, legit kind of psychedelic aficionado on there as right. opposed to just like, yeah, a this dude, yeah, ID, this dude's like you know? a doctor, you know, he's like yeah. serious, serious. Right so cool so yeah so it's a it's fun tune into it if you want um but that's really all i've been using instagram and facebook for is all every two weeks i'll hop on and i'll share it so that i know, know but that that's, there's some fun to listen to and then i, I know i know but th- that's the problem is it's like you don't get any traction if you wait two weeks in between that's what kills no, me no, it's I like won't. i'm doing the same thing i'm doing yeah. the same thing it's like i'll post when i need something but i can't bring myself to get on there because it's just I don't know. I've got this aversion to it and I'm so sick of it, but um, I'm all, you know, it's just, it's like everybody I know also is, you know, no matter what they do, they cannot build 
followers on these platforms yeah. now. Well, like you- again, I'm telling you, repeal of net neutrality. If you want to trace it back and look into it, that is exactly why that has happened. It's, I mean, there is no other question about how, how it happened. So it's too bad. Maybe it'll change. You know, I mean, originally yeah. when, when the presidential shift happened, there were murmurs that it was going to be changed. And now again, talks talk, you know, talks cheap. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, cause they, cause there is awareness on a greater level than just us little peons down here that there's a big fucking problem with that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and so that's why we can't get any traction. And that's why I won't hustle like that because all you end up doing is spamming and shitting all over the people that just want to see a, a little bit about what's going on in your life. Now yeah. I, you know, right now I'm doing a campaign for my book. So I, you know, I'm going against everything. So you're going to shit on, yeah, you're gonna shit on everybody. <laughs> no, I've been doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm just good. kidding. I'm just, I've been kidding. doing pretty I'm good kidding. this I'm time. Kidding. So I'm, yeah, I'm being super careful about how I do it. Um, no, you got, not, you got to, you, know. you got to, you know, it's, it's like you have to promote and, and, and there's a lot of people that will get upset if they, if they miss it, yep. you know? So it's like, it's not yep. like, you know, begging. It's like, you're letting people no. know what's up. And some and, well, pe- there are people out there that are like counting on you doing that, you know, and you also have know. to have a tough skin too. And you have to be willing to accept that there are also people that are going to get bent over that. And so right. you have to deal with whatever comes from that. Cause that happens too, inevitably. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, cause if you're going to, you're going to do the game, but it's like, again, I don't, you know, that's kind of why it's so it's hard for me. I'm torn because I, I need to do this in order to get these books out there. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that's why I'm not doing it like I normally would. I'm like every few days, I'll put a little something up, you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. I'm not I'm not going to dog people on a general way. But what I've been doing is just taking the time to send individual messages to everyone I know and to actually take the time to write them an individual message so that that way then it is genuine and it's yeah, not bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And then people and, and honestly, people are very responsive to that. And yeah, so yeah. all That's, of my so far, it's all from that. I've yeah. got nothing from anything other than sending someone a personal email or a message and being like, hey, I'm, I, I hate to spam you, but check out what I'm doing. I'm really stoked on it. You know? Yeah, that's what I, I like. I, I mean, I'm really I'm folk. It's funny. I'm like I'm focused exclusively on Patreon and then for any social media uh kind of regular social media it's twitter but man my patreon is like i don't even consider patreon social media so i know that's why yeah. i don't even leave it in there because that's all i put my energy into right you right. know me i got two and that's all i do you yeah have two yeah and that's all you do yeah yeah so it's like and it's like the people that know know the people that you know don't want you know if you don't it's like if like i've said all along it filters out the, the casual people that you know don't really care about what you're doing anyway Yep. And so it, does. it makes it more special too for the people that are paying way even, more, even a dollar a month. It's like yep. they're, get, they're getting a curated feed of, of everything that's going on. They get first. I mean, it's been, it's been working out pretty well. So I just don't see a need, you know, when you, when you get, when you get people that are saying, Hey, I'm interested enough to pay you a dollar a month. It's changes everything. You know, yeah. and, and well, then and it's you like, care, then you care because yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. dollar means a lot. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, and it's like you know, you're actually talking to them, and yep. you know, the conversations are hap- happening. So, anyway, I wish, I just wish that everybody would eventually figure out that even if you're not going to be an artist on Patreon, even if you're gonna, you know, not gonna have your own Patreon, that the more people that just make accounts and start following other people for no money, even you can follow. I follow 28 people. I'm broke as fuck. I'll tell you right now that like I've starved as an adult. So I I know what it's like to be poor. I get it. 
I only pay for three accounts because I can't afford more than that. And I understand what that's like, but I follow 28 accounts. So what that tells you is, is I get to see public posts from all those accounts, but you know right. what I see? I don't see dick because nobody posts public fucking posts on Patreon. So there's right. my big gripe is that I go to my newsfeed and it's you, it's only the people I'm paying for. And right. it's, so it's boring. So no one wants to be there. If people would just go over there and make accounts and start following each other, not for money right out the gates, just right. You could use other. it as a public. And then, and then everybody start making some fucking public posts for God's sakes. Then we could all see each other. And then maybe we can start making some good decisions and have fun together over there. Because when I go to my feed, it's dry and boring, but I'm not, I have no other feed. So it's right. like, Oh, there's nothing going on. Tumbleweeds. I saw Chet's painting five times already. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Just, you know, using it as a social media platform and and because uh, it's built in. It's yeah, built in. You can yeah. comment. I can comment on any public post and, and, else and you could do, you know, if you're just using it for social media, you could also set it with a tip jar. Yeah. So people can give you money if they exactly. want to, but you're exactly. still offering everything for free, which is that's pretty what cool I told. Too. It's funny you said that because I just literally told that to Caleb two days ago. I was like, dude get on there and just set up a tip jar and then do everything for free. And if people want to pay you, that's fine. But if not, then at least we're creating something over here that's engaging. All you right. know what I mean? If we were all cross-promoting each other on Patreon, everyone would have more patrons. The reason is because they're a built-in captive audience. We're going to have a hard time getting people over there from the outside, but we can move people around on the inside. Mm -hmm. It's just there's not a lot of that going on yet. And I think that that's in the future. Even if you look at the census that they just did, what are the questions they were asking? That's what they were talking about was collaborating. They were talking. Now they got right. the A club captain lists, all this kind of stuff. They're moving in that direction. You know what I mean? Hmm. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, well, uh, what we're, we're at a, about the wrap up point here. What, cool. what, what, um, you know, what else you got? Well, okay. I mean, one thing you got going on in the future is we got the dystopia book that's coming out and um, that is out. Well, it's not technically out. It's that's why I'm not calling it the, my first book. The soft, it's not out to the public. Yeah, but. the soft launch. Yeah, we call it. But um, I just posted a hundred books um, in the in the in my store just to help cover the shipping from the 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 Kickstarters because shipping overseas is a cost of fortune now. But um, and I think we've I put a hundred up and I think I've sold about. 60 or something already so they're probably not going to be up for that long but um so we got that coming up we'll definitely do an episode where we talk all about that because it really is if you don't know about it it's a really i think i think the only book that's been written this way uh the way that it was written totally like a backwards backwards engineered book in a weird way um but that's so that, that that's coming that's coming uh, as soon as i i'm ready to really go all out and release it and promote it but um what about you do you have any future projects happening like aside from these these other ones that no are going not on really right now? i mean my patreons are always going on and that's kind of like a view into my crazy lifestyle um, mm -hmm. so you know but really my my babies is is sports ball and new mexico true horror both of which i referenced um, and you can find all of the behind the scenes stuff for all the production of all that stuff on the dark side, Patreon, which is patreon.com yeah. forward slash emails from infinity. That's the word emails, the word from, and the word infinity. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm doing, you know, behind the scenes on everything. So my, my movie, New Mexico true horror is a choose, choose whether you believe it or you don't kind of movie. So it's like, there's fact and there's fiction in there. 
and you have to kind of watch it and decide what is or isn't real. But as a patron, you get the behind the scenes view. So you get much more content than just the feature film itself. And you get all of the different evidence behind it. So it's kind of an interactive experience that I've built into it that goes a lot of different ways. Um, using the tag system that's built in, which Caleb didn't even know about that. He's been one of my patrons for five years. And he didn't even know that that tag system worked yeah. as a navigational tool. So strange days. Anyway, and then we have the light side and the light side is patreon.com forward slash land of enchantment tours. That's the word land of enchantment tours. And uh, that's for the light side of, of our travels. So that's like Joy's sun catchers and beautiful sunsets and cute little sheep and goats and horses on the ranch and all the kind of nice, pretty stuff. Um, and so we have both of those going on all the time and we're always documenting our life as full-time RVers. So we're headed back to Washington here in a couple months. Um, so we're going to take a big jaunt and drive all the way up the coast to the North side and do fun things up there and fun things on the way and travel and take photography. And then we'll come back here again. So we're doing the kind of ping pong North to South, you know, Canada to uh, Mexico deal. And, uh, that's pretty much all that's on our plate, unless I'm doing plumbing for the ranch or doing barbed wire for cows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah, it was put your, you, you should put, put your video back for the, for the goodbye, maybe. There's my there video back for the goodbye. Yeah, well, sorry you didn't get to see my face the whole entire time. Uh, <laughs> as a result of being a full-time RVer and living in an RV um, and being in different places at different times, yeah, my signal can be questionable. So right. that's why I'm not the co-host of the Dark Art Society podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was great. Great catching up. And um, I'll, I'll have links to everything in the description. And um, uh, yes, we'll be doing a dystopia episode very soon. See, that's what I'm excited about. Don't I know, get me wrong. Too. It's fun to, it was fun to come on here and talk about my stuff. But um, even though dystopia is not really my stuff, it's like I can't help but feel like a co-creator. So um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the whole process and how that all went down. Yeah, me know? too. Me too. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I just I'm not quite right, quite ready for it yet, but soon, soon. After you know, ship- well, and I can't begin to tell people if you don't have your book yet and you're waiting for it it's totally going to be worth the wait. Every single person that has reported back to me independently has been like, it is absolutely I know. Been worth twice the wait. I know. And I don't say that I'm not stroke. This isn't my product people. I just wrote the words. So it's like, I'm not stroking myself. I'm just saying that I'm so impressed. Cause I got a copy of it, of course. And I'm so impressed. Like yeah, not, not with crazy. what I did, but with how that book turned out. Yeah. Me know? too. Same here. It's just like, yeah. I, I've got no, no negative responses at all from the book, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, uh, you could hit someone in the head it. with it and it would knock them out. That's it would, how yeah. big it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> six pounds. So, it's a yeah. six pounder. Six pound book. Yeah. So super <laughs> exciting. I'm excited for that too. So yeah, anybody that's waiting again, you like you happen to be in Australia and you're listening and you're like, dang it, trust me, it will be worth the wait. I, yeah, I promise yeah. you. I I can say that now verifiably because I have I've held the books. So yeah, yeah. It'll blow you away. You'll love it. And we worked really hard on it to make it that good for you guys. So thank you so much for being so supportive and waiting because it's been a long, long haul. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm actually shipping a bunch of overseas orders this week. So that, that'll be good. Um, anyway, all right. So, uh, well, it was good catching up and, yeah. um, and uh, good luck with the projects. And I'll have links in the description and, you know, share it around and all that stuff. And awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, you have to say goodbye, audience. Goodbye, Dark Heart Society. Until next time. Goodbye. Don't hang up. Yeah. <laughs>